Welcome to the B-Ball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are checking in with the Hornets mid-rebuild. This is a really fun team. They're 28-24 and 24 as of this recording, 7th seed in the East, and they are pretty loaded on offense. They're 7th in the league in offensive rating, near teams like the Bulls, the Nets, and the Heat, which is a very good sign. And today we're going to focus on four guys that I think really are the drivers of making this happen. So we're talking about the rebuild, and the first thing you need to do when rebuilding your team is you need to draft a star player like, and then try to make things happen around him. And I think that's happened pretty successfully with LaMelo Ball. We're in year two, and he looks like the future. Already super elite playmaking. I think he's sixth overall in our playmaking grade here at Basketball Index, which is I mean, fantastic. And then if we zoom in a little bit closer, we can see his, we have a stat passing creation quality, which is fourth in the league. And that's basically saying, you know, there are lots of players who have a high volume of passes, right? But these, with the passing creation quality, is like these are the very valuable passes that are leading to points. Uh, so LaMelo, I mean, you can't be too upset with what you've seen so far. Uh, he makes a lot of things happen. He plays with a lot of energy. They get up and down the court. The offense, like I said, seventh best in the league efficiency-wise, and he is at the head of that in year two. That's that's pretty fantastic. He looks pretty strong as a shooter. You know, when you're looking for an offensive hub to build a team around, I think this player looks to be the guy. Uh, next up, Miles Bridges. He's in year three. For me, he's the breakout player of the year. He just... If you watch him play, it's just like blow your hair back dunks. It's, <laughs> I think there's been a time or two this season where I've been watching the game alone in my living room and he'll just throw something down so hard. I think I actually have stood up a few times, like out of just excitement. And, uh, I, you know, after watching the NBA for 10 plus years, that doesn't happen all the time. Uh, he's he's a big guy. He, I think he's listed something like in the neighborhood of like 6'6", six, six, like 235. Kind of reminds me of Anthony Edwards, where both those guys just like lower. They utilize their shoulder really well. Um, obviously, they're very strong. They just bowl into people in the paint, I think. We have a stat in the database. Let me try to pull it up right now. I think Bridges, Bridges is sixth in the league in our finishing at the rim metric. So our finishing at the rim metric is basically you can be Rudy Gobert, have one of your teammates break down the defense, and you catch a dump off and dunk it, right? Like you're going to shoot 99% on that. But uh, our finishing at the rim stat takes into account difficulty. So if you're bridges and you're driving and you're you know fending off a defender with your shoulder and you're able to finish over them, you're going to get more credit in the system for that. So he's sixth in the league, which is, I mean, that's elite territory. And uh, he's just, he's an exciting player. He's improving every year. Uh, and I think him and LaMelo are, are the guys, you know, I think you realistically could say these guys could end up as top 20 players, maybe top 10 players, who knows? And I think once you get those guys on your team, you lock them up and you try to build around them. Um, I think part of the reason is we check in with the next guy, Gordon Hayward. I know he's coming back from an injury and uh, missed a little bit of time, but I think there's, a problem with how teams rebuild where they just want to go young, right? And I get it because you're like, for every vet we have in a spot, that's an opportunity lost for a young player. And I, I, I totally understand that. And I think in my, my younger years, especially when I was really into baseball, it was like, 
you should trade every veteran player so you can open up every single spot to have uh, young players come in and try to fill that and see what they have. I think basketball is a little bit different because when you have, when you don't have your role set on the team, then you you know you can flip on a Rockets game or you can flip on a uh, Magic game, and it's it's very clear that the team is disorganized. Like there's not a whole lot of uh, rules of sort of the offense or you know if you turn on a a high-end team like the Jazz, and you're like, okay, obviously what's going on here? Like everyone has a purpose. Everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing. And I think when you have a veteran like Gordon Hayward, it just helps solidify things, stabilize things. Uh, he's under contract for two more years, so he's going to be part of this rebuild unless he he does get traded. But I think he's still a solid player. Obviously, he had the, the pretty gnarly injury a couple years ago. And, you know, not the same guy he was, but I think offers – Still solid shooting, which is good. Um, I think he's pretty solid in our playmaking stats. And he, he kind of reminds me of a, a guy like Gallinari. I think they're they're pretty similar in our metrics if you look. Like kind of professional scores, uh, space the floor well. Hayward kind of plays at his own speed, slows the game down a little bit. Tends to uh, make solid decisions with the ball, whether it's taking shots or uh, passing to teammates. And I think, you know, obviously he's a stronger offensive player. Doesn't really offer a whole lot on defense. But I think that kind of stabilizing uh, presence is important because another problem happens on very bad teams where you don't have enough offense really to get to your 100 or 110 points in a game. And that causes you to do things like have your young player attempt a ton of shots, especially like low efficiency shots, or it causes you to do some strange things on offense. And it's just like it's a slog to get through every game. I think when you have a guy like Hayward on the team, it just helps, you know, he can he can score 20 points in a game and he can relieve the burden or the pressure off LaMelo. So LaMelo doesn't have to have 25 points and, you know, 12 assists for them to win. Uh, last guy I want to talk about is Terry Rozier. And I think he's a little bit of a luxury on this team. Like I talked about Hayward kind of being a stabilizing factor and having, you know, a veteran presence on the team of someone that has a history of, hitting his shots when he's open, uh, things like that. And I think Terry is a luxury, but also, uh, again, really strong as a secondary ball handler in the offense. Uh, when LaMelo goes to the bench, everything doesn't have to you know, come to a screeching halt. He's a strong three-point shooter. We've talked about this, can uh, create his own threes. And he just has, he has value on ball. He has value off ball. He has a little bit of a microwave element to his game, which is nice. Um, so yeah, those are the four guys we're going to talk about. LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, the two young guys, the core, Gordon Hayward, kind of the stabilizing vet, and then Terry Rozier, I think he's 27, 28 in his prime, uh, just another good offensive player. Uh, so we talked a ton about the offense here in uh, the first half of the podcast. The problem with this team is they don't exactly have really any difference makers on defense, and I think that that's the problem with the team. Uh, their net rating on defense, they're 25th in the league. And I mean, I like Mason Plumley, but I like him as a, a high motor backup center. He's pretty much the only guy out there um, for defensive purposes, I guess you'd say. And it's, it's definitely a problem, I think, in the next few years, because we're checking in on this rebuild uh, as it's happening. Like, this team isn't finished. They're a seventh seed. They're not, you know, knocking on the door of a championship, but hopefully they'll be there in. Say they're realistically, their window is two to three years to where it's like, okay, two to three years, this team needs to be like humming. That would mean Bridges would be in year like six, Lamelo would be in year five, which it sounds about right. 
So I think what you need to do in the next few years, if you're the Hornets, you need to either draft and develop or go out and acquire via trade with your hopefully draft assets. You don't have to give up too much on the team. You need a defensive-minded big who you can kind of shape your defense around. Um, the Jazz are a really extreme version of this where they don't have a ton of great perimeter defenders, but they obviously have a dominant rim protector in Rudy Gobert. Now that's best case scenario. Obviously, you're probably not going to go out and get a three-time defense player of the year. Maybe you do. And then this Hornets rebuild really does uh, work. But I think you need to do that and then partner uh, that skill set with a lob threat because I think that's something that uh, LaMelo doesn't have right now. And I think if you if he did, it would just unlock his passing to just like maybe the best passer in the league uh, in the next few years. Um, so I think that's where you need to look next. Um, let's dig into the defense a little bit more. The bright spots, LaMelo is really strong in our passing lane defensive metric, which is basically, uh, traditionally you have steals, right? So our passing lane metric is your ability to pick off passes and uh, deflections on passes. And you can see it on tape. Um, I think he's a little bit longer than people realize because he is able to just kind of get his fingertips on a lot of balls. And uh, that starts transition the other way and starts high efficiency offense and really drives what they do. Uh, it really gets him into a strength of that transition game. So that's definitely a positive. And then the other positive, um, another thing that like kind of kind of makes you go, whoa, is when you see Miles Bridges come over for his um, help blocks at the rim. So I have noticed this when watching games where he'll he'll pin somebody on the rim or something and it's like or on the backboard and it, it, it gets you going, gets you excited, gets the team fired up for sure. And so I go into the database and I look at our uh, rim help defense defensive metric and I sort it by uh, just your wings, right? So I take out all the bigs. So we just have our guards and our wings and Miles Bridges is in first place by a wide margin. So that's something he does bring to the table on the defensive end, which is really great. But the downside is uh, we have our perimeter uh, defensive metrics. We have our on ball, we have our ball handler screen defense and our off ball chaser. Those are kind of our three main roles for perimeter defenders. And Terry's probably the best at all uh, of, the, of the group of four. But everyone is is not great uh, in our D LeBron, which is our overall uh, defensive impact. I think they're all a little worse than league average, which um, you know isn't super great. But I mean, we talked about it earlier. This is an offensive club. They're seventh in the league in offensive rating, twenty fifth in defensive rating. Like they're going to have an offensive slant to them, and that's okay. Um, and I, I think you definitely can win a championship like that, no problem. But like I said, you got to go out. You need to acquire uh, a big that uh, changes the game defensively because I think you're going to keep most of this core intact because obviously you're going to keep Lamelo and, and Bridges because um, you know those guys don't come through your system or through your team or through your franchise um, every year, and you're going to build around them. But it, it definitely there needs to be a focus on adding defensive oriented players to the roster because that is something they're missing. Um, they have the three-point shooting, uh, they have the playmaking, they have the offensive firepower, um, but yeah, they, they just need to make that happen to uh, to take that next step. And that that this is another thing people don't realize, that next step is actually harder. So everything they've done until now rebuilding is the easy, like the first half of the rebuild is much easier than the second half. To like, to go from a terrible team in the league to, you know, somewhere middle of the road with potential, like, yes, that is difficult, right? You see lots of teams struggle with it for years. 
But that part is is almost doable because you are drafting really high every year. Like you do have lots of resources. You probably have a lot of cap space because you're not burdened with large contracts because you don't feel the need to lock up anybody. But the problem is, is once you have some of those guys into place and you know you have Rogier on a contract, you have Hayward for the next two years, like all of a sudden you don't have all the cap space in the world. All of a sudden those draft picks, they're not top, top five picks anymore. All of a sudden you have the 16th pick. And it's a little bit harder because the talent pools dried up a little bit more in the draft when it becomes your selection. Um, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be uh, difficult to go to that next level. But I, I think young teams in the league, you know, you have the Gri- Grizzlies, obviously, this year who um, are playing really well. You have the Cavs who have uh, taken that jump this year. And I think you're seeing the Hornets um, also do that because if you look at um, any of our, our impact metrics like LeBron, you see the team just generally getting better. So I think the future is pretty bright for the Hornets. Um, I think it's exciting. I think right now you have a really fun uh, offensive team that can do a lot of really entertaining things in transition. Uh, But I think they're building the right stuff. I think it's going the right way. And uh, I'm interested to see what happens in the future. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the B-Ball Index Podcast. 